text for this morning is indeed Psalm 65, the verses 9 through 13. These words. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its uh, furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. They drop on the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered with grain. They shout for joy. They also sing. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, did you ever think about it? How very intricate life really is? It has been well said, no man is an island. All of life is interwoven. There's an intricate pattern of mutually dependent relationships. Just think of it. The family, the farm, the factory, the school, the store, the workshop. They all need each other one way or another. And that is why the father, the mother, the child, the teacher, the judge, the trucker, the policeman, the carpenter, the secretary, the nurse, the bookkeeper, the bureaucrat, the producer, and the consumer. See, they all must recognize each other for the simple reason that the one could not go on without the other. Oh no, that isn't really so difficult to understand, right? You can be sure most people understand that very well. They understand that that is how life, as it were, hangs together. You don't have to be a Christian to understand that. But, but there is something else, and I'll say it up front, you do need to be a Christian to recognize that. You see, it is also true, life is intricately put together by the Lord. And all of its facets, all of those intricately put together parts, they're all dependent on the blessing of the Lord. Always. The fact is, however, that many people don't recognize that, let alone confess that at all. They never so much as think about that. And so it is that they never thank the Lord for his abundant blessings, not even on Thanksgiving Day. But, but that is what brought us together this morning, right? Today is Thanksgiving Day. There's no doubt about it. Thanksgiving Day is not, first of all, a holiday, 
Rather, it is a holy day. That is, it is a day that is that has meaning only for those who know the Lord. Yes, it is a holy day, but only for those who know and confess the Lord's claim on them and on all of life. For all others, however, it really is a meaningless thing, the call to thankfulness. I trust you will agree that that is true. For people who do not know the Lord, who reject the Lord, for such people, the call to thankfulness is really meaningless. But, but it's a fact also that people who do know the Lord, also for such people, it is not always so easy to experience and to express what thankfulness is really all about. Oh yes, we know, we know that we are called to thankfulness. And if people were to ask us, we will say that too. We will confess that we truly are thankful. And no doubt, then we mean that with all our heart. Nevertheless, the fact remains, thankfulness is not really something of our conscious awareness every day, right? Oh yes, if something special has happened, a serious accident narrowly avoided, or a miracle child born alive and well, or the experience of restored health after dangerous life-threatening surgery, See, after such things, you can hear people say it openly, earnestly. We, we surely have a lot to be thankful for. And no doubt, they are. But now ask yourself, did I see, no rather, did I hear what the psalmist heard? We read Psalm 65 together this morning. In the last verses of that psalm, David tells us how the bounty of the Lord is sumptuously displayed upon the land. He starts with verse 9, where he says, You, O Lord, you visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water, he says. You provide their grain, for you have prepared it. Oh, you can't miss it. David talks about the earth here. But, but you can be very sure what David is thinking of is the promised land, the land of Canaan, the land where he lived. No doubt, David was thinking of the land which the Lord God had given to his covenant people, the land conquered by Israel in the days of Joshua. Ah, oh, yes, 
he is thinking of the land of which the Lord God himself had said to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 11. The land that you are entering to take possession of it is not like the land of Egypt to which you have come, where you sowed your seed and irrigated it like a garden of vegetables. But the land, the land you are going over to possess, is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven, a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Oh yes, you can be very sure it is of that land that David sings in this psalm. Though surely what he says holds, holds true for all the lands of the earth. It is all in the final analysis watered by the Lord. Well now, I asked, did you hear what David heard? Did you all hear it this summer and this fall? Look for a moment at the last verse of the psalm. There David says, the meadows clothe themselves with flocks, the valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. You can't miss it. David not only saw the flocks in the meadows, and he not only saw the grain in the valleys, but he also heard them. Yes, he heard them shout and sing. You see, those meadows with their flocks and those valleys with their ways of ripening grain, they said something. Oh yes, they joyfully declared the glory of the Lord. Oh no, you can be sure that that is as true today as it was in the days David wrote this psalm. But the question is, who hears that? Who today hears that? Oh yes, people can see the herds and the flocks, right? And they can see the corn and the wheat. They can see the flourishing businesses the factories, the malls, the shops of all kinds. But, but who hears them? It reminds you of Psalm 19. There the psalmist says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork day to day, pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. 
there is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not really heard, yet, yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. Well now, Psalm 19, as you know, Psalm 19 was also written by David. In that psalm, David tells us that he looked up to the heavens, and then he confesses that he heard the witness, the testimony of the heavens. They are telling God's glory, says David. Oh, yes, they pour forth speech. Oh yes, says David, oh yes, I know that there is no actual speech. I know that there is no alphabetically formed words. But, uh, but their voice goes out through all the earth. In other words, their voice, that is, their message, their song of praise to God, the almighty creator, their voice goes out today through all the earth. It can, therefore, be heard by any and all to the end of the world. That is, to any and all who are listening. However, it's a fact, a sad fact, Many people, people who have stood transfixed by the beauty of a sunset, people who have stared in utter amazement at the myriads of stars visible on a summer evening, people who have seen the northern lights perform, many such people have never heard anything said by such awe-inspiring phenomena at all. Yes, you may indeed say they were utterly deaf to their testimony. I know that doesn't take away anything from the truth of what the psalmist wrote. Rather, that only underscores the truth of what the Apostle Paul would later write about the ungodly and the unrighteous. They, such people, they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Why? How come? Well, they suppressed the truth. They effectively closed their ears. More than that, they refused to hear. They would not listen. You see, that explains why it is that many people People who indeed see the heavens never hear a thing. 
they too suppress the truth. They too refuse to listen. And that is why those same people looking at the fields, the meadows, and the valleys, and seeing there the herds and the flocks and the waves of ripening, of ripening grain, that is why such people never hear a thing. They do not hear the shouting and the singing and the sounds of joyous praise to God as that is, in fact, expressed by everything that is visible in the fields, the herds, the flocks, the crops, everything, every day. But the psalmist, oh yes, the psalmist did hear that. He heard that because he had seen more than meets the eye when you look at a flock on a meadow or at grain growing in a valley. The, the psalmist, you see, had seen the hand of the Lord therein. Ah, yes. The psalmist had seen something of the tender care which the Almighty Creator had bestowed upon His creation, upon the meadows and the valleys, so that they were indeed clothed with beauty and decked with precious apparel. Remember now what Moses had written in Deuteronomy 11. The land you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys which drinks water by the rain from heaven. It is a land that the Lord your God cares for. Well, now, that's what David had seen. When the rains came, the early and the latter rains, when those rains fell that watered the furrows abundantly, when the gentle flowers, uh, showers fell that settled the ridges and broke up the dirt clods, so enabling those clods, that those crops to grow, see, then David did not only, not simply observe, it is raining today. Oh no, but then David saw, he saw the hand of the Lord therein. Then David saw how the Lord God was at work, tenderly caring for his creation so that his people might enjoy abundant, an abundant harvest. Hear him sing, you, Lord, you visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. Then it comes. Listen. You provide their grain. For so you, P, 
prepared it. Oh, you can be sure. David knew all about the farmers, the toiling of the farmers in the fields. And no doubt he had seen the laborers sweating as they worked in the valleys. And he became sure David knew it well. Without their efforts, the plowing and the seeding and the cultivating, yes, without their efforts, there would be no crops to harvest. All of that is true. But, but that is a truth which everybody can see, which everybody can and should recognize. We all can see man's work. We all know about man's efforts. We all know how important it is that we be diligent, diligently busy doing our work each and every day. But, but who sees beyond that? Who sees the hand of the Lord? Who still sees it that all our work and worry avail nothing if the blessing of the Lord does not rest upon it? Just look at Lord's Day 50 of the Catechism. Oh yes, we, the members of the church, we do know that, right? We all know of our dependence on the Lord. It is part of our confession. But, but do you see it? Do you really see the Lord's care for you? Do you see the hand of the Lord when you look at the fields with their cattle and their crops? Do you see the Lord's hand when you observe the work of man's hands? Be that in the shop or factory, in the kitchen or school, in the office or on the farm. And do you then ever say it openly, joyfully with the psalmist? You, my Lord, my God... You provide their grain, their produce, for so you have prepared it. Remember, if you don't see the Lord's hand when you look at man's endeavors, and don't forget, seeing the Lord's hand is altogether a matter of faith. If you don't see the hand of the Lord, then you can be sure, then you will surely never hear what the psalmist heard. Oh yes, then you may see all kinds of wonderful things, meadows clothed with flocks, for example, and valleys decked with grain. You may rejoice at seeing such things. It may fill you with happiness and a sense of well-being. But, but if you do not very consciously, very concretely see the hand of the Lord therein, then you will never hear 
how they shout and sing together for joy. And think about this carefully. And if you do not hear the shouting and the singing of the meadows and the valleys, then what, pray tell, what will be your, what will become of your thanksgiving? How will it be different from those who suppress the truth in unrighteousness? Yes, how will it be different from those who indeed see the flocks and the grain, who see all man's endeavors and what has been achieved by those endeavors, but who refuse to see the hand of the Lord? You understand? Remember, it is not seeing the hand of the Lord consciously, concretely, in all those things. Yes, it is not seeing God's providential care and blessing that explains by all such people hear nothing. Because this this is the truth of God. You can only hear how they shout and sing together for joy when you have seen the hand of the Lord, when you have seen that it was the Lord who crowned a year with his bounty. All others, ah yes, all others, will see only the goods of this earth or the lack thereof. And they will thank their luck, their lucky star, or curse, curse their misfortune. But we, we who have heard the shouting and the singing together for joy of the creation we will offer thankful praise to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And we will see his hand, his hand of blessing, not only upon the fields and meadows, but we will see it everywhere upon our homes and schools, upon our church and mission outreach, upon our nation and our daily work. And we will know ourselves blessed. Blessed today, blessed forever. We will joyfully join in with the song of all creation, shouting, and singing together for joy unto the Lord today and every day. Praise the Lord. Amen.